Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. I'm Emilio Diaz. Jesse Weber is not with us today because he feels ill. We hope he is fine. With me, I have... Andy Gramuga. Number one, ducks in a hot tub stand, Colin Ashley. <laughs> and joining us, special guest, Campbell A. Campbell. How are you doing, Campbell? I'm doing all right. Um, I'm like on the tail end of a pretty busy week, so it's like just kind of exhaustion hanging over me like a storm cloud, but... I'm all good otherwise. Yeah. Finding we, my energy again. Yeah. For listeners who might not know, we've also been like double recording episodes, so we've been a little more busy than usual, but you know, it's a busy time. It's, it's theoretically a busy time in the thing that we do, which is cover film festivals, even though who knows whether we'll be able to do that or not. Shout to Toronto. Um, so today we will be talking about the Berlin Film Festival, specifically the 2002 Berlin Film Festival, where a pair of movies tied for the Palme d'Or. Those movies are spirited away. I mean, the Golden Bear, yeah. I'm so used to being a canned mindset on this podcast. But yeah, two movies tied for the Golden Bear, Spirited Away by Hayao Miyazaki and Paul Greengrass's Bloody Sunday. We'll be getting into talking about both of those movies individually, why they might have tied things surrounding the festival which may have led to that sort of situation with the jury and just like people being honored in that way but first we have a person who's actually been to berlin which is cambole and we would like to ask him what's his what's his experience been like over there uh well let me run you through all the restaurants i went to while i was there (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i went to um I'm actually kind of sad about uh, Berlinale specifically this year because um, I uh, the, this year's festival, um, it always takes place in February, so like in, dead in the middle of winter, so normally it's what I'm quite reluctant to go to, even though I love the city. It's like the coldest place I've ever been to. <laughs> um, but the festival came in just before um, COVID hit Europe, so it was like the last in-person film festival to actually happen around here and a friend of mine did go to it and saw the new Christian Petzold and a few other things and I was just kind of at the time I was kicking myself and I was just like I want to see the new Chisanki and I was just like ah but um yeah uh before that I had attended the festival two years running um and uh I'm not really sure how to describe the first time other than I drank a lot um (laughs) uh First and foremost thing to know about Berlinale is that the after parties pop off. Um, <laughs> um, but it's a really curious festival in that you it's the very early in the season. Like it's a lot of, um, mm-hmm. you'll have kind of some sleeper hits in there mixed in with like, the highest profile titles will carry through to all of the other festivals like uh, the Souvenir. Um, did that start at, uh, I think that started at Sundance and then went yeah, I think so. Berlin, yeah, so, there, so. Yeah, there's a lot of crossover between like Sundance and Berlin Alice a lot of yeah. times. Like, like this a lot year we the... saw Never Rarely Sometimes Always was a movie that did that this year, did stopped yeah. it both. So you'll have like some people who scouted that out and like the biggest films from Sundance will filter through there and just kind of expand in popularity. And then you'll have 
uh, you'll obviously have every Christian Petzold film will always start there, um, which uh, I didn't know because it was kind of just, it's really strange how they kind of present everything on this sort of equal level. It's like you'll have the opening films and you'll have your celebrated directors and then everything else is just kind of out there. So I watched a lot of bad movies the first time I went around. Um, <laughs> So it, it's it's funny. It's uh, you do kind of go for the city, and then um, hopefully you'll get three really good films. Everything else is like you're kind of watching hungover. Like, why am I here? Um, <laughs> I've given such a bad round of this festival. <laughs> no, because uh, it's like I think one of the things that we're all aware of, which is like sort of the reason this podcast started, is just like meeting and hanging out. Is like these festivals are social spaces, like also as well as just like a place where they show movies. So like just like the culture around it is as interesting as the movie sometimes, sometimes more. Yeah, and it's very, it's really, um, I guess like a lot of urban festivals, it's very much in the center of the city. Like there's a sort of you do not have to travel very far to go to any of the cinemas like the, everything takes place in this one like hub there's a cinema museum nearby which is really amazing um the house of 100 beers a landmark <laughs> um they're, they're not exaggerating there are 100 different beers on the menu um and i think yeah the furthest you go out is like a something like a 10 or 15 minute train to the zoo palace so uh so that's like a cinema that is next to the zoo <laughs> yeah cool yeah. so um it's very much like a um it's at its best as like a social hub and maybe like getting wind of like some things that you think will be big like by the end of the year like mm-hmm. um i missed transit there <laughs> I, was, I was like oh uh, that sounds good and i went somewhere and drank too much to actually get up early enough um yeah that's <laughs> that happens <laughs> the dangers of film festivals like maybe with all the virtual stuff i'll be more uh, on the ball i guess we'll see um yeah. I'm trying to think of what was there last year other than the well, souvenir. Synonyms won last year, and that was, like, a, like you're saying, like a sleeper. That one sort of, like, didn't really pick up a lot of steam to, like, the beginning of this year when, like, people were doing, mm. like, best of year lists and people were talking about it. One of my um, staples of Berlinale is uh, occasionally bumping into David Ehrlich and just seeing the tiredness in his eyes. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> so he's doing, he's just like... Fine. <laughs> I mean, I, I wonder if there's a place you would bump into him where you wouldn't see that. So, <laughs> he seems like he seems like a generally tired person. He's working too hard. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah. Synonyms is the one. The, the, yeah, that came up because Synonyms was the one he was shouting about um, that right. year. Um, it was ah, it was the souvenir. It was Synonyms. There was my God. Yeah, no, I got nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at the. Yeah, I'm looking at the okay, list. It yeah. doesn't seem like there's too much that was like, made a huge, impact. Nothing set my brain on fire. Um, yeah, but it was, um, it was the year where they gave, Agnes Varda, the lifetime achievement, and she came up on stage to accept it before the presentation of Varda by Agnes, oh, wow. and then she died, I think about a month or two months later. Um, wow. So it was weird. I was like one of the last screenings that she was ever at, uh, which is traumatic to think about. Um, yeah, yeah, because her like last uh, documentary played there. Yeah, yeah, Father yeah, by yeah, Agnes, yeah. which is strange because coupled with the Lifetime Achievement Award, it was very much like uh, Agnes Varda, "This Is Your Life," yeah. but as presented by Agnes Varda, <laughs> uh, which is suitable because she was very, you know, there was no one who talked better about her than her. 
um yeah i think that was probably like the highlights of out of two berlinales that i've been to other than the one was kind of just yeah incidental things uh sleeper hits and then the other is um not quite knowing how you ended up at the kit kat club uh <laughs> <laughs> that is a story for another time <laughs> sure. yeah. we do our parties of film festivals episode we'll have you back yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So Berlin this year, I was supposed to go because I live like in southern Germany, and then uh, like my day job just like sort of like <laughs> screwed me over, so I wasn't able to go. But I was like preparing everything. I was like, I'm just gonna see Undine, gonna see you know Shirley before it's out, and then uh. like, half of the movies are like out now, like digitally or whatever, and like um, like a bunch of them like are showing up now at New York. But uh, yeah, I was like just like how bummed I was like to miss it this year where I was like, I'm so close and I just can't go. Uh, it's just, um, it's a good, very good excuse to go to Berlin. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like I said, it's just like, you can just hop on a, um, God, whatever, a tram or something. And you're a halfway across the city in like 10 minutes. Ah, oh, rules. But also, yeah. Um, they had a, like a, they had a Wes Anderson retrospective, um, the last time. Oh, wait, no. It was a Willem Dafoe retrospective um, oh. the last time I went, um, which is what uh, I wanted to bring up at least because I noticed that Royal Tenenbaums was in the 2002 program, mm-hmm. and there was I yeah. watched. Uh, I remember watching the Life Aquatic uh, at one festival, so that was like, you know, mm-hmm. that's something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because Isle of Dogs was there in 18 as well. Yes, um, I missed that when I went. Uh, it was one of the opening night films, and. Uh, what we, I went like three days in, I think. Um, so it just it wasn't showing after that point. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but then I, it, it came out what like three months later or something. I don't know. Right. Yeah, there yeah. seems it's like uh, that's the sort of a lot of film festivals, like European film festivals, they sort of seem to be like that, where it's either a movie that comes out in two months or a movie that comes out in 18 months, and it's just like, sometimes you run the risk of not catching something when you think it's going to be out sooner than you think it is. It's the thing of, like, kind of trying to filter out, (laughs) you end up kind of trying to filter out uh, stuff you want to watch just by, like, oh, what am I going to be able to catch, like, next week? I remember they were showing Hustlers at TIFF, like, uh, the week before it came out in cinemas. And, um, LFF, they're pretty, um, uh, London Film Festival, they're pretty guilty of this, like everything comes out in, in the same month, like in October. Right. And a lot of it will be cut, sort of uh, clean up from the big festivals like Toronto and Cannes, mm-hmm. but there was yeah. no Cannes this year, so. Yeah, for sure. It's like last year at Toronto, I spent too much time in Toronto, so I stayed there to like... I think two days after the film festival ended, so I saw Hustlers in Toronto at just a regular theater. (laughs) I did that with um, the first time I went to Toronto and I hung out, like, um, I flew out maybe like a day or two days after the festival ended and I was just like, oh God, I should have left a week ago. Like, it's just like uh, the last days of of, uh, film festival, especially that one, it's just eerie as hell. Like nobody is there. Um, yes, when you see like empty King Street, like by the end, you're just like, "What happened? This is not the town I know." <laughs> the town you know, yeah. yeah. This is this is not the Berlin I love. Um, 
I was going to say, actually, yeah, I did the same thing with Berlin. That's when I saw the Life Aquatic on like the last day. And it's just everyone had bounced like long before then. And just like, who am I going to go to that house of 100 beers? Yeah. <laughs> I had to do all 100 myself. <laughs> uh, arm twisted. Okay. Uh, I must. But if you're not watching some weird old movie or some movie that you don't know if it will ever get distribution, the last day of a yeah. film festival, have you ever really been? Shouts to Synchronic, a movie that I still don't know whether it, I mean, it exists or not. Shout out to Maya, which I saw in 2018, is still not out. <laughs> which one was Synchronic again? Was that the one with um, the cell phones and whatnot? <laughs> no, Synchronic is uh, like it's uh, Jamie Anthony Dornan Mackie. and Anthony yeah. Mackie. They like take time travel drugs. Oh, oh, um, oh, the what's their names? The sci-fi guy, the, the sci-fi yeah, dudes, yeah, the, bros. the sci-fi guy, the boys. Yeah, yeah, the boys. <laughs> I, I still, I also understand. It's like Benson and Moorhead. Is yes, that yeah. yeah. So, with that, do we want to get into talking about these O2 Berlin movies? Okay, so as as we talked, we recently did a Canime episode where we talked about every single piece of anime that played at the Canfest Festival, which like briefly featured a digression to like sort of anime that it's like getting accepted into like European film festival circles, which brief in which we briefly talked about the fact that at two thousand and two, Hayao Miyazaki got a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Berlin Film Festival. And also Spirited Away played there for for the first time. I think um, uh, Princess Mononoke had previously played like, like Venice, I think. But apart from that, it wasn't that often a thing that happened. And yeah, with at, with the Miranai year, jury, like led jury. She was a jury president that year. Other people involved in that jury are Kenneth Turan, the U.S. Uh, film critic, and Lucrecia Martel, famously famous film director from Argentina who also gave a certain clown right. an award last year. Famous Joker <laughs> fan. I was going to say, like, do you reckon she tried to put a Todd Phillips thing in there as well? Like, Yeah, that was like old school years. It's like, was um, like, Frank the Tank. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys are talking to you, the rest of the jury. I don't know if you guys have heard of this film called Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the Will Ferrell cameo is not to be missed. I, I like the idea that it wasn't just Joker. She's just like, a Todd Phillips ride or die. It's like Hangover 3, the best. The wolf pack is back. I'm all in. Due date, mad underrated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah, so yes. And the top prize of the film festival, the Golden Bear, was a tie, which is, I think we've previously said it's the coward's move, but sometimes you need to do it. That's, yeah. And it was yeah. between Spirited Away by Hayao Miyazaki and Bloody Sunday. So we're here to talk about both movies and also, like, what sort of circumstances lead to that tie happening. Because they are quite different as people who have maybe only recently watched Bloody Sunday for the first time. Uh, at least me and Andy and yeah. Colin. I know Cambole has a little bit more familiarity with the movie. Yeah. So I guess we're going to talk about Spirited Away first as a movie, right? Yeah. So Spirited Away. Uh-huh. It's good. Have you heard about this movie? Have you heard about this one? <laughs> it's a pretty, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty, pretty uh, mind-blowing movie. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty all right. It's like, it's the sort of, I wonder, because I think we often talk about, like, film festival juries, like, the sort of way their brains lean in terms of, like, what they want to give awards, and it's like, 
this sometimes they give a worth of the sorts of movie they can't make or just something that completely blows them away and it's very easy to see like people's like who may have not had any exposure to like anime or like studio ghibli watching spirited away and just being like being knocked back on their seats lucrecia martel full joker dancing down the steps while no face eats a frog or whatever <laughs> <laughs> but yeah colin do you have any thoughts I mean, yeah, I think it's great. Uh, I watched it for like when I I saw it when it was out. I want to say like when it first came out on DVD, like whatever sort of like Disney release at the time, whatever that's what it was like as a child. And I had like no memory of it. And then I watched it last year when I like went through all of Miyazaki and uh, I was like, oh, this movie's like great. Like obviously everyone talks about how great it is. And it's like the proof is like in the pudding. It's like a very enjoyable movie that is also like perfect and emotionally devastating uh and then i watched it again like a week ago and then today i was like i got time before we record i'm gonna throw on the dub and see like how that is and it's just like one of the most watchable movies i think yeah i yeah so my my previous experience i saw it around the time it was like on dvd here like it, it was like a pretty it was pretty hard to like not hear about it it was like pretty big cultural phenomenon in general and so it was like uh, sort of on my radar as like oh when i go to i have it like my parents are going out for whatever and so i'm gonna get a couple of dvds and like sit at my like computer that i got for my birthday that has a dvd drive in it and watch two movies or whatever and i remember i did a double feature of spirited away and my big fat greek wedding as like the two (laughs) big like buzzy movies that i was like i gotta check both these out because these things are both like doing numbers um uh and so i watched it i the original i definitely watched the dub the first time i watched it and then yeah i've rewatched it within the last year with the within the with the subtitles and then uh last night like i had seen it within a year so i was like i don't know if i need to like fully rewatch it but i i threw it on was like gonna watch like an hour before bed and maybe finish it this morning because it was a little late but then like it just powered all the way through and i like stayed all the way to the end and stayed up too late like rewatching it last night because it's just so it's so like beguiling and so like it really like moves you along throughout the world and and um you know give always gives you something new to like be delighted by and i think it's yeah just a pretty um i like it it fully envelops you is like i think it's primary like um uh uh, primary like sort of skill that it has yeah because it's like i only rewatched a section of it because i've been pretty busy these couple of days as you might know from our i guess previous episode that we recorded yesterday but came out two weeks ago because recording podcasts is weird it was my birthday yesterday so i was just like busy so i decided to not watch any of the movies yesterday so today i just like woke up watched bloody sunday at 7 a.m and then watched like an hour worth of spirited away and it was like so sort of a similar thing where i was just gonna scrub through it to remember because i also had watched it semi-recently like six months ago or whatever and i loved it but then i just like started watching from like the the whole bathhouse section where like the slime spirit comes in the thing spirit comes in and then no face and it was just like fully enraptured by it the everything about it is good it's a it's sort of a weird movie that defies the hype because it's like hype is a weird thing to talk about especially within the context of film festivals just like the reactions you have to something on the ground versus the reactions people have to when it comes but it's like one of the few things in like culture that is unhypable like you will watch it hearing how good it was and then you will still feel 
the full breadth of it. And I just am a huge fan. The Hisashi score is great. We also talked about a Hisashi oh score yesterday, but this one is like just gorgeous from top, from top to finish. Yeah. One Summer's our... Day is like, sorry, I was, no, please, please. I, I was just going to say that One Summer's Day might be my favorite Hisashi com- <laughs> composition that he, like, he's ever done. With it's, Ghibli, at least, because there's plenty that I haven't heard, but it's so it's just a perfect thing. Anyway, yeah, continue. <laughs> the way it just like starts the movie, like with like that initial note, is just insane. And when I was watching it, the, like f- for the first time since last year, I was like, oh, I forgot about this. This just rules, because <laughs> um, it's like one that I'll just like throw on like while I'm doing stuff in the background, because it's just such as like a very soothing score. Um, but yeah, we talked about um, Tale of Princess Kaguya, like. Uh, when we did our Kaname episode and that score is incredible and like we forgot to talk about it and then like we talked about his score for the Takeshi Kitano movie Fireworks which is like you know we talked about how like it yes. fits with that movie but uh, yeah it's like he's just like one of the best and uh, this is like a crowning achievement of his work with like yeah, like, like you're saying with Ghibli yeah and, and as we like talked briefly before getting on the call it's just like an underrated aspect of uh, Spirited Away, it just had it had a lot of cool dudes in it. It's like No Face is a cool dude, the slang, the stink spirit is a cool dude, the frogs, the ducks. Yeah, yep. I mentioned That's the ducks lot. in the hot tub. Uh, it's yeah. one of the like, the thing you're talking about, like of how it like enraptures you, like when they first like are going through like the bridge, and it's just like you could pause it and just be like, what is every single thing like on this frame? There's like so many different characters, and like the bathhouse is just like double like the radish spirit in the elevator is just one of the best things i've ever seen <laughs> i love the radish bit with the radish spirit that's just uh that's a bro right there yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it so you don't need to know um much about the people who inhabit the bathhouse other than they are generally just benign despite how monstrous they look at which i think yeah. is really wonderful <laughs> even like um is it you, Baba, the woman running the bathhouse, mm-hmm. where it just turns out that she's just a put-upon, like, administrator rather than, like, a full-on <laughs> yeah. witch is uh, so right. good. She's it's just like trying to ma- do make the best word- world for her baby. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, one of those movies where, like, as a kid, I could see, like, being, like, afraid of you, Baba, but, like, there's, like, no villains in this movie. Everyone's just, like, trying, like... You have, like, a little bit of, like, oh, is this, like, other witch evil? It's, like, no, one is just, like, more obsessed with her business, and the other one is, like, trying to ruin the business. Like, no one's, like, actively evil. And, like, No-Face is, like, eating people, but then, like, it's not actually eating anything, and it's just because it's, like, doesn't know where it is and it's discombobulated. It's, like, everyone's just, like, trying to live. (laughs) It may not be evil, but uh, that is one of anime's all-time. And and there are quite a few giant the uh, top 10 yeah I forgot again yeah it it cut off a bit but yeah it's a good giant baby um we all we stand a giant baby yeah I I, I guess I also forgot like when I I guess my first experience with like spirited away was like when I was very young when it came out I like sneaked in at like the living room and my parents were watching the Oscars whatever Oscars it won at and I remember seeing like the short scene they showed of the uh her parents turning into pigs and i was terrified and i was like yeah. that's scary yeah uh it's yeah that the pig scene is the one that stuck with me throughout my entire childhood i saw spirited away when i was quite young um around the time it came out on dvd in south africa so like maybe like 2003 quite early in my life um and 
I remember watching it very distinctly because, um, oh God, I've talked about Spirited Away so much recently that I've told this story like a number of times. But um, a couple of weeks prior, I'd gotten lost in a shopping center. Um, I'd kind of like gone, um, gone out with my dad and my brother and I'd bought, so, and they bought me some Lego and I kind of just like ran off to the car because I wanted to open the box and then I disappeared basically and I lost them. So I ended up having to roam the shopping center for ages. Like I was there for like, a, it felt like forever. It was probably like 20 minutes. Um, yeah. And then um, my parents just like, they come back with um, the VHS of Spirited Away that they picked up at a video store that was like down the road from where I was living in Cape Town at the time. And I watched it uh, with my younger brother and they kind of just left us to it because they're like, ah, it's a kid's film. And yeah. <laughs> we watched the opening where they turned into pigs and I was just like not having it. It was yeah. traumatized. Um, and then it stuck with me. But then I remember I watched it so many different times after that. Uh, it was almost like even the horror of it was captivating to me. Yeah. Um, and then I only revisited it again. God, like um, maybe like three or four years ago for the first time since that time. Um, mm -hmm. I'd watched loads of other Ghibli since then. Um, but I hadn't been back spirited away. So it was really interesting to kind of revisit that and see the sort of, <laughs> the eldritch horrors, no, um, mm -hmm. the, um, just kind of look at it with new eyes. Uh, yeah. Everything that you said the, is right. Good movie. When they're yeah. like slapping it with the fly swatter as he's like trying to steal more food and he just topples over. It's so intense. <laughs> yeah. And just like every time she goes back to like the take then she's like, oh. I brought you a thing, mom and dad. And she just like, can't, can't tell which one is which and all that. Just miserable. <laughs> Profoundly miserable. Scared me so much as a child, which also like brought back a story in my mind of a time that I also got like lost in a mall. And I was like, very scared and then Horrible it was places. just like yeah and yeah. it was and it was legitimately like i walked in through a door that like it was like a one-way door because it was like a fire escape it was like a, a fire exit or whatever so it's like i couldn't go back in so i would just remember yeah. just banging and being traumatized and be like this is the worst thing of all time and then i just like walked out the back because obviously it's a fire exit so you can just go yeah. outside <laughs> but uh you know it's the sort of thing this sort of movie makes you recall and just like yeah. The sort of terrors of being a child and then just like right, living yeah. your life. Yeah, and like a world that like doesn't make sense, but like you sort of like put your head down and like just like try to try to go one step at a time and like eventually it sort of starts to reveal itself to you even if like there's so much that you'll never understand in yeah. in the world. But I and think just even, like sorry, um I, would, <laughs> I keep getting yeah. people off. Um I think even with not knowing um the sort of structure the hierarchic structure of that world it mm -hmm. make it makes immediate emotional sense in almost mm -hmm. everything because you you know we would viewing it all from the perspective of the girl i can't remember her name right now uh chihiro chihiro, um, chihiro yes um, Sen. Uh, oh yeah oh and she forgets her name um but we're viewing it all from her perspective and we kind of feel that confusion with her i suppose that's kind of palpable when <laughs> like me and amelia recently been lost in a shopping mall um yeah i think mm -hmm. But um, I think it just has this really, um, it has this very clear way of communicating emotion um, and, and difficult ones to grapple with, which is what think, which is why I think it struck such a note with kid, with people who grew up with it as well, because it doesn't condescend or baby you um, in a sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it does, it does my favorite thing that movies can do, which is that often anime does that which is like why i sort of gravitate to it as like a lot of my favorite movies even though i don't consume it as much as i should which is like 
things making more sense emotionally than they do like realistically in any sense and obviously mm-hmm. this movie has like f- the fully like the framework of it it goes to a fantasy world while other movies just like will do some like crazy technical trick to get those sort of emotions across but yeah it's just like you under you connect to her emotionally even if you don't understand everything that's happening and like the fact that you don't understand everything that's happening only enhances the experience it's like a good place to be lost in like you said like you were scared by it as a kid but you still like watched it a lot yeah it's like the thing that miyazaki is like great at like you can see in like totoro or ponyo is just like seeing something like from the eyes of a child like is like you're saying is just like without being condescending at all it just works like so well for like evocation and just like relating to these people like it it just is like one of his things that he's like the best at i think it's that scene through the eyes of a child as well that he he it's kind of um he trusts children sort of two ways in telling stories to them and their abilities to comprehend um not just what he's telling them but what uh we're seeing through their eyes, if that makes sense. So like in Totoro, like you'll have the daughters like knowing something is up. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or um, I'm struggling for examples right now, but like the children in his films are very discerning and, mm-hmm. you know, they're the driving force of everything that happens. And like, um, I, I've always enjoyed his trust in children without, um, being like uh you, you, without the sort of standard messaging that like you're perfect as you are exactly. but he does i mean it's a film about hard work yeah and there's also like th- there's like a sort of like american television or like american animation thing of like yeah the kids are smart and just like they're the only smart ones and then the adults are dumb and just like that perspective and it's not that either like they are like innocent in their sorts of way than there are things they don't understand they're just canny so like they can recognize what is happening around them they're not like completely lost in any situation they they can figure themselves out it's like a weirdly hopeful movie for Miyazaki from like the sort of person who then made like the wind rises and that sort of stuff where it's like there's a sort of mixture of this like it's almost like he's battling his own cynicism <laughs> yeah yeah he, I mean, he yeah, believed that children are the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and it's like, yeah, that thing, like, yeah, when you're a child, like, there's so much potential. Like, you can, you, like, you have all the, like, there's, you can, all, all the directions are in front of you. And then, like, as, you know, as you grow up, you start to have regrets and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, and, and I mean, yeah, she, like, I, I do think, like, it is also interesting, um, the i'm blanking on his name the river haku. kid haku yeah how like the he is rendered <laughs> I, you what know a way to... <laughs> haku, haku the river kid is my haku soundcloud rap kid. name <laughs> <laughs> um how he is like how his like avatar is also a child is like pretty interesting like he's like the spirit of like an old river or whatever but like he is sort of able to meet her on her level and, like, she is in, like, is the first person who she is, like, able to trust in this world, like, as she is immediately, like, surrounded by these, like, big, like, bulbous, like, bouncing, like, sort of figures who are making their way to the bathhouse. It's, yeah, it's it's, it's sort of an interesting, like, whether, whether you are, whether as an adult you are able to sort of, like, have that spirit of a child and or, or like, be in touch with that, like, that childhood side of yourself is, is interesting to think about. Yeah. Yep. 
So that scene. Oh, go ahead. Oh, what were you gonna say? Go on. I was just say the scene just talking about Haku. We were talking like a little bit before I recorded the scene where uh, she's like crossing the bridge for the first time and she's holding her breath. And, like, the frog notices her, and they're just, like, instantly, he, like, grabs her wrist and just, like, flies away. I think this movie, like, does, uh, I mean, it's obviously, like, Miyazaki's, like, a great animator. And, like, uh, the way he does movement is, like, insane. And Mm -hmm. there's, like, the scene where they're, like, both, like, running through, like, the flowers. And it's, like, there, it almost looks like they're stationary. And it's just, like, the background's moving just the way it's animated is, like, so, like, indelible. (laughs) And then, again, like, with Haku at the end when they're in the sky and he like turns from the river spirit, like back to himself and they just like fall from the sky and like her tears are going up. It's just so beautiful. And he's just so mm-hmm. good. Like it's something that is like obvious, like if you're falling down and you're crying, it's going to fly up. But when I was watching it the other day, I was like, that's such a genius move. Just like to have like the tears, like bubble up like cartoonishly and then just like start flying up as they're falling. And it's like just so, so good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of fun ideas. So yeah. when I, so, Mira Nair, Lucrecia Martel, Raul Peck, Kenneth Turan, all the people in the jury watched that movie and were like, this is a masterpiece. Hayao Miyazaki's yeah. The God. And then we're like, but Paul Greengrass, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the movies, like, uh, maybe, like, uh, one of, like, in contention for the best movie of all time. And, like, the other is, like, a pretty solid uh, historical drama, like, Paul Greengrass style. Yep, Paul Greengrass doing what Paul Greengrass do. So it tied with Bloody Sunday, which is a film about, like, centered around Bloody Sunday, which is a series of shootings in 1972 in Derry, Northern Ireland. It is sort of like Paul Greengrass's historical documents style, where it's, like, it's very much set within the events as they happen and sort of trying to capture, like, the sort of terror and, like, mania of, like, being in the middle of that sort of situation and all of the political context within. And it's sort of like, I can sort of see why they would give that movie an award because it is very, like, it's the sort of movie that, like, leaves you energized and, like, angry politically, even though I think it's, like, not nearly as well-made a movie as Spirited Away, obviously. But that's the sort of thing that film festival juries, like, shouting out, like, around Mm -hmm. this time... Like, I, I don't know if it's the same year or the year later that Fahrenheit 9-11 wins the Palme d'Or or it can. Yeah, I think it's like 03 or 04 maybe. Yeah, so it's like that's the sort of thing that are on film festival juries mind this time. So we, most of us watch it for the first time. And like, so what do you think anybody would like to start with their thoughts on Bloody Sunday? Uh, Andy? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I, I was just going to say that like uh, it's been... I think I watched the last time I watched Bloody Sunday was um, in 2015, probably. Um, mostly because it, I was doing a documentary module, and um, that included biopics and uh, dramatized mm-hmm. depictions. Um, mm-hmm. And we were kind of going in on um, Greengrass's kind of use of handheld and emulation yeah. of like kind of right. verite practices. Thing, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, um, I don't remember it very well. <laughs> it's not a sure, that stuck in my memory. I remember it looking like, I remember the brutal. I remember specifically the brutality of it. Um, yeah. And it's use of, it. it's mostly, 
it's one of those films that I feel is mostly based around its capacity to shock um, with the violence of something that happened, which is why I imagine it captured um, people living outside of the UK and Ireland. Um, yeah. Because it's, you know, it's, uh, it's still ingrained in such recent memory here. Like, um, David, uh, uh, former Prime Minister David Cameron only um, <laughs> officially apologised for the events, like, in 2010. Um, and the investigation had carried, they only decided that the um, shootings there were instigated illegally in that same year. So, right. you know, people um, around these parts weren't really like, I think it won uh, some kind of um, British cinema award, but um, yes, it you know. won. It won the Hitchcock the Orr Best Film Prize at the Deanard F- F- Festival of British Cinema. I do not know what that is, but um, <laughs> um, highest honors. You know, um, I imagine that it has the same capacity as like films like Detroit, where it's like you want to shock unfamiliar audiences into like uh, humanity's capacity for violence and things like that. Without really, it doesn't really dig. I can't remember how much it actually digs into like kind of the root of the political problems and what the people yeah. are. Uh, no. protesting yeah. yeah i yeah i mean i was quite taken with the movie like i sort of and understand how you would see it as sort of on the same level spirited away from my viewing i like was very into it um i do think like it I, it's not so much i think interested in the causes but i do think it is sort of an interesting like the the one of the threads throughout is uh like they're talking like talking about like this is part of the civil rights movement and like hmm. putting like this, this, this like fight in, in it, like they are very consciously trying to place it in context with like Martin Luther King and Gandhi and like that sort of stuff. And then by the end at the press conference, the, um, he is basically like, yeah, I can't really like tell any like young man who wants to join the IRA that like that, that what they're doing is, is wrong necessarily based on the fact that like we were treated this way today when, we were attempting to do like a peaceful like march protest or whatever. So like I think that sort of like that um that the arc of that of like the political leaders like trying to like do things the like right way and then like the the fact that like the the state violence uh is is the thing that like forces their hand to be like well, I guess like th- this is not like w- this is not necessarily going to get us where we need to go and I um, I, I think like, and it opens, it opens them up to like thinking of like, well, I guess there's maybe there's, there's, le- I can l- argue less forcefully that this is the only way forward. Um, that sort of like thread throughout, I thought was like very interesting and very, um, uh, well managed, uh, in it as like sprinkled throughout the story. Um, and yeah. And I mean like the style, like we, t- they were talking, we were talking a little bit before we started recording, uh, the it, it's like the constant like cuts to black and then fades up um like fades as like black. it's like right i, like I which i really liked i thought it was like it's so it's so purposefully like disorienting and really makes you feel like you are just getting snippets like you are not getting like the full story here you are able to like the way that like and the way that like all his framing is like a little too close into the action you can never really like get like a huge perspective on everything it really does do that like placing you in the action sort of like i'm getting little snippets i'm trying to piece together the whole story here that uh that um that i think is the effect like the the green grass effect that i tend to really like i like a lot of his like docudrama movies 
uh, very well. And I think like, you know, this is like one of the earliest ones of, of his style, if not the very, the first one yes. um, is like, uh, yeah, it's, it's like, you really see him like laying those seeds for like, yeah, this is like one way to like tell true life events stories. Um, Green turn. Yeah, he did. Um, I think so. Yes. Um, that was and... like between like whatever third born movie and like Captain Phillips. He did right, and then and then it's like United ninety three and Captain Phillips and twenty two July are like the main like docudramas. And he did another one about a shooting quite recently as well, didn't he? Was yeah, twenty two July one? is the one. The yeah. it's like the Ota- Otoya massacre from like Sweden or Norway. I'm not sure. Actually, one of the um, I saw the other Utoya shooting. The, like, um, docudrama. Continuous, yeah, like, real time one. Yeah, yeah, that was the first film I saw at uh, Berlin Ali ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was horrible. That one. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think I'm just with that in mind. I just, I I wonder if it's maybe that I don't have much of a taste for mm-hmm. docudramas that are primarily interested in the violence of an event in order to depict um, the monstrosity of it like right. um, it only um this is don't, don't hesitate to correct me because again it's been like five years since i've seen bloody sunday sure. but um i'm kind of less interested in films that are so focused on like the visceral impact impact of an event rather than um mm-hmm. you know like focusing on context and like the fact that like the british army were an occupying force at the time right like um i can't remember how much the film gives you the impression that the uh, army are like literally foreign invaders um yeah i mean there is a certain amount of like you like you will cut to them and like i i guess like yeah they're always in their like military gear and they're like the way they talk about like the the irish is like very like telling like they're like oh they're all terrorists like oh that like they're all like you know like they're they're really like dehumanizing them like even before the events are happening so you do get a little bit of that sense i think and they talk sort of about that you it's it's definitely like you're thrown into the middle of it so you don't really yeah. see like how it came to be to this point because mm. that's like another green grass thing is like it's all set like on the day like um you have like a little bit like the night before and then it's just like the rest of the day of it happening so it is like i mean it's thematically like boots on the ground as well to where it's like mm-hmm. you're not getting like a ton pre and post except there's like a few uh end cards at the end of like what has happened like up until the point that they made the movie and then the rest is like uh just like you're in you know you're in with them as it's happening i uh thought it was like fine i, I mean just on the like fading it uh it doesn't uh, like you mentioned we were talking about it before we recorded it just feels like it's a movie that was like edited for time for television to where it's just like oh this is where the commercial break would be but it's just like weird moments where it just is like dip out and then back up and then like the I do like his style of the handheld, like very close and personal, like with faces. Like I think it works well in Captain Phillips, which is probably like the movie of his I think is the best. Um Yeah. And like he like he got the Jason Bourne movie like after this was such like a hit at the festival and like it's a thing of like, you know, viewing it through the sort of like American mindset of like uh it didn't wasn't in contention in contention for any oscars because it like aired on tv at the same time as it aired like in the uk or as it aired as it premiered in the uk in theaters so the oscars were just like nope and i'm like i wonder if this movie would have like more of a legacy in like that sort of way because like it's not a movie that uh 
gets talked about a lot. I think like Greengrass has had like awardsy movies since then, and like you know, uh, Twenty Two July was like a big Netflix movie, for, like up to a certain point when it was like. Then they also had Roma that year, so like that kind of overshadowed it. But like his style, I think is good, and uh, it just like I never really heard of this movie. I knew like of the massacre, obviously, and like they use the U two song at the end of it, so that's like another just like cultural touchstone of like you know like what it is. And I just like I think you know you saying you haven't seen it since twenty fifteen. If I had like seen it in twenty fifteen, I'd be like, yeah, you know, like Nesbitt's pretty good in it, and like. Greengrass is like a solid director like it does not really leave a lasting impression I think like even since I watched it this morning yeah I think yeah that's my, my takeaway is basically like I think Nesbitt is good I think like whatever like story beyond like whatever political contest and fear wants to shock into you is just like the arc of Nesbitt who's like a sort of political leader in the in the region who at first is just like we're gonna do peaceful protesting and I don't want to fight and I just want to like I want to shock them, but I don't want to, like, get anybody into that much trouble to then at the end him being like, yeah, the NRA is good and this is why it's, this is why we are doing this because you are attacking us this way. Like, a pretty compelling scene. Him at, like, the hospital at the end is, like, a pretty, like, great piece of acting, even though, like, yeah, it's a lot of, like, suffering porn, but he is, I think, very compelling as, like, a central figure within it. And I don't know. I guess I also assume like this is Greengrass's third movie. The previously two movies he made were like The Theory of Flight and Resurrected, which I like. I don't think made that much of an impression. So I assume there was just like, I feel it, like post like his Born movies that sort of handheld like Barry Boost yeah. to the ground thing became very popular. So I like watching it now. We're certainly more like acclimated and like used to like oh yeah that's like what he does. To where I imagine in 2002 they might have been a lot more impressed by yeah, it. Yeah, it's really strange that a docudrama about the troubles like set the template for like American action blockbusters. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's so That's, weird to think yeah. about. Um, because yeah, there's the... like a direct line between that and supremacy, right? It's yeah, like it's like that. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. They they yeah. On supremacy, it's like do that again, like except with like <laughs> Matt Damon, like Matt Damon. It's like, weird. This please, <laughs> but uh, me like speeding down Thailand with uh, Julia Garner and the or not Julia Garner. Uh, Save the Last Dance, whatever the actor. I can't think of her name. <laughs> Jennifer. I don't even. No, know. <laughs> this is. I mean, Julia Stiles. There we go. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. And then he makes United ninety three, which is like his Oscar play, which is like yeah. obviously b- b- like basically the sequel to Bloody Sunday. Where I mean, like, yeah, it's like he does. What the if that again? Like, yeah. What like, if, What if a real life thing that traumatized everybody, but again, but this time like, you're inside it. 22 July is, like, similarly, like, this aesthetic on, like, a tragedy. And then, like, uh, his next movie is, like, a period piece, like, set in the Old West with Tom Hanks. Right, with Tom Hanks, which I'm very curious what that is Yeah, I don't know what it's going to be. I think it's, like, Um, it might be based on a book. It's supposed to come out, like, Christmas, so, like, they are maybe positioning it for awards, but, like, we'll we'll see if it comes out, and also we'll see what it is. And then, Um, just, like, comparing this to, like, movies we've talked about on the podcast before that, like, do similar things in a better way, I think, like... We talked about When That Shakes the Barley recently, which is, like, the formation of the IRA and, like, obviously linked to this movie in that way. And I think that is, like, like you were saying, just, like, the violence, like, as shock value. I think When That Shakes the Barley is very restrained when it comes to his violence and I think is much more impactful because it's making such – it's, like, its message, like, 
much more heart on its sleeve. And I think like Loach is a better director than uh, Greengrass, even though they're so different, like formally. And then yeah. like Peter yeah, Lou is the other like, one that I think about a lot. <laughs> well, I yeah, was not. I'm not a Peter Lou fan. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny seeing the reactions uh, with that one. Kind of a, um, all of the English critics I, I saw it with were just like what the fuck is this <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, yeah. kind of then peterloo fever swept the u.s um, yeah oh, boy. boy did it <laughs> yeah uh, i'm not gonna get into that one um I sure just um i wasn't very uh i think it's uh, all right no i think it's um images of collective action were very good but then um it just had this very strangely regressive view of the north i thought which is just really odd um i remember a friend of mine who um <laughs> from manchester was just like nah. <laughs> yeah. um yeah no i'll leave it at that but um yeah i'm not sure about um green Goss's shock tactics unless it's jason Bourne beating ass with a book <laughs> exactly yeah i mean what a what a image that has like lasted for decades at this point <laughs> of him jamming a book into some guy's throat <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's so weird, because, like, I, yeah, I like him in docudrama, but I'm not so into the Bourne stuff. It's, I don't know, I guess it's just, like, the, like, sense of, like, importance or whatever, I guess, makes it work for me. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, it's, like, you wonder what he's attracted to it, because it's, like, the only reason you make a movie like uh, this is, like, to be, to put it in the most generous way, kind of, it's, like, to put a feeling behind something you just, like, read in a book or see yeah. in a newspaper, which is, like, some, often a disconnect that exists, like, especially within America, which is, like, a lot of terrible things you read about, but it's, like, just, like, a thing that happened once is your understanding of it, so, like, I think there, it might, like, might legitimately be just, like, a cultural thing of just, like, how much you value being reminded that bad things are bad because often one can't forget i guess yeah it's just like he's doing like a sensationalized history lesson just so like the hope is like people will remember it more or whatever like that's like with any sort of like you know like we're saying like shock value like dr like detroit and like i have not seen that movie i imagine it's a similar vibe where it's like yeah it's like well made and like well acted but like it's kind of just not it <laughs> i have a re i remember um a cult, someone i used to work with um at bafta um <laughs> going to see um detroit uh at like one of the early screenings of it and they were telling me kind of <laughs> just uh kind of fighting back laughter just being like the best part of the film was when the cops did something horrible and like someone sitting in the audience this, this white woman in the audience behind them were just like was just like gasping just like how could this happen? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I can't like, believe they did such a thing like this. And it's like, take right, my eyes, that... but not the police. <laughs> it's, uh, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, that's what kind of sometimes has started to strike me about who these films are for. Um, I'm wondering if I'd be less um, inclined to like Bloody Sunday if I watched it again more recently than when I, I did. Mean, yeah. Yeah. It's just, like, always a thing to wonder. I always wonder, like, with Greengrass and Bigelow, it's, like, if there is some sort of, like, action movie guilt where you just, like, make a lot of exciting stuff in that style and, yeah, like, you eventually feel like, I have to make something important. And so yeah. you you end up applying all of those all of those tricks that, like, work in that context into something that people might have more of a reaction to, whether negative or positive. 
in the I case of Detroit Overlord. movies, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I watched Near Dark for the first time this year. What a movie! <laughs> I mean, yeah, just that's for, such a great movie. I I wish that she didn't have to. Um, who? What's the name of the screenwriter who uh, Mark did? Mark Bowl. Yeah, Mark Bowl. It's his fault. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, true Yoko Ono of uh, <laughs> Captain Bigelow's fun movies. I mean, I guess she did do like K nineteen and uh, Weight of Water in between, like whatever Strange Days and Hurt Locker. I think it's just yet yeah, that the um, the in between phase has gone on for too long now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like funny to think about, like when people, like filmmakers, try to make that pivot because it's like. I guess Spielberg is one of the few people to make it successfully to be like a person who made like E.T. and Indiana Jones and now like makes the post and people still think it's fun and good and like it. And yeah, I mean, Greengrass seems to only have the two modes. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is why I'm keen to see, I suppose I'm keen to see a Western. At least it might push him out of, you know, modern disaster territory. Isn't isn't it just like a guy delivering a letter? Isn't that what I that think movie? So. It's like maybe He's a like ode to the post office or something. From, like... A Texan traveling across the wild west, bringing the news of the world to local townspeople, agrees to help rescue a young girl who was kidnapped. Is the logline? I love Death Stranding. Also called. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tom Hanks plays Die Hard, man. It's based on. Guillermo <laughs> 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 del Toro is in it. It is not his voice. <laughs> <laughs> and Elizabeth Marvel is in it, who is also who's always yeah, great. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm, we'll yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah. So yeah, but I mean, yeah, I guess like yeah, and and it is like, you know, he he makes the he makes Bloody Sunday. Then like there is like we want we want this mode from you so much, and so like I wonder how much it is like he he like really likes working in this mode and really wants to develop this mode, and how much it is like well like this is like what we will let you make. I'm Because, cur- like, he doesn't... Like, I don't know if he's super, like... He doesn't seem like he's, like, super, like, producing a bunch of stuff or, um... Uh, he, or, like... He seems, he seems like you read a lot of books. I'm just gonna leave right. it at that. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Sure. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of, like, some common ground between, like, Paul Greengrass and Hayao Miyazaki. The only thing I'm coming up with is, like, maybe an interest in, like, British collective action. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess. I mean, you know, like, Howl's Moving Castle is, like, his sort of, like, political movie. Um, his, a like, double, a double bill of Green Zone and Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the two <laughs> most trenchant commentaries on the Iraq War. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah. Any other thoughts? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was trying to think of um, it was that it was that like um, just the fact that there's like so little common ground between things that effectively shared an award for best film, which is very interesting. And I'm trying to think of other instances where just really weird anime films have kind of just like popped up in other festivals. And the only one I can think of was when um, Ghost in the Shell two ran in competition at Cannes. Yeah. But like that's all I'm that's all that's coming to mind for me. Well. Because it was Ghost in the Shell 2 and something else the same year, right? That was Shrek 2. <laughs> yeah, Shrek 2. Is- <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, the, the sequels. Uh, Thank the you, sequels. Tarantino. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It, it's like Tarantino should have, like, bit the bullet and gave it to Shrek 2. He could have, like, pushed his way he around, I think, he a He could have saved cinema. Exactly. <laughs> do, you, do you think D- Disney owns Star Wars if Shrek 2 wins the Palme d'Or? 
<laughs> what a thing to think about. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> just like that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's always interesting to think about just like watching all these movies back to back to back. Like watching Bloody Sunday, Spirit of the Way, Royal Tenenbaums, Iris, uh, other movies that were here, The Shipping News, Monsters Ball. Monsters Ball, Ball yeah. No. Just like watching all these movies back to back to back. And, and just like, yeah, that year, that Tarantino year, just watching like. Fahrenheit 9-11, Shrek 2, Ghost in the Shell 2, Old Boy, back-to-back-to-back, and just being like... It's like, I'm surprised... That's why it's always a funny exercise to do a jury of these sorts of things, because if if I watched those 20 movies back-to-back, I'd just like... I'd have no concept of what good movie this. I I probably would be like, you know what, Fahrenheit 9-11, they really gave it to George Bush. What the the fuck? Whatever. Let's just give it... That's important. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Trying to like imagine old... doing a double bill bis- dispatch of these two movies, and it's kind of frying my brain a little bit. Yeah, I mean, somebody should just like bite the bullet and edit them together, so it's just like <laughs> just like hatch it or edit. I mean, yeah, there's lots of edit points in Bloody Sunday, right? Yeah, every so... time it fades out, like <laughs> to the bathhouse, like you know, a frog steaming. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I do. I think I sort of get like. You would like in the jury room. You'd be like, "Well, I love what this is doing, but I also love what this is doing, and they're so totally different." I can't think of like a way to split the difference and say like which one is better at like the thing that it's trying to do. Like, I can see how that argument would evolve from there. Of like, these movies are so different. They're so have such different aims and such different like techniques to get there. That like, but they're both like. I can see why someone would think they are two different peaks of two different forms and like you would want to like i mean even less than that it's like it's multiple people and i can totally see like if you're the type of person who like really bought into what bloody sunday's doing i can see like why are we gonna give it to the fucking cartoon what are we doing here and then just and and the other people being like this is obviously the better movie so you just have to have that like a concession that maybe serves no one but also serves everyone the thing is though this is that kind of um I feel like um, animation has always gone really down really well in Europe, so I, I imagine um, mm-hmm. it might have just been a point of them trying to reconcile these two very different things. The way uh, <laughs> the way that Andy uh, <laughs> put it reminded me of that like meme with Jeremy Clarkson where he's pointing at the two cars and he's just like, "But I like this." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, no, it's it's it's. Uh, I don't really have anything of value to add to that yeah. last bit. <laughs> it's, 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 weird, it's weird that they shut out Tenenbaums, even though that is not that, a movie yeah, I, I Is love. that like the other one? I mean, like I they, can't imagine that winning. I, I, I spirit away like it makes sense. Like, it's like, you see it and it's like, yeah, this is like the movie. <laughs> but it's not like, um, it's not a particularly electric year other than some of those. Yeah. Um, like the comp- like the competition films, um, I don't know, like a Kim Ki Duck film that made everyone mad. <laughs> um, yeah, like Monsters Ball, Holly Berry wins actress. But it's like, if if that's like after it won, I think. Oh, is it that, after the Oscars? I think it's after the Oscars. I think Monsters Ball is a oh. two thousand and one movie that. Right, that up. is something Berlin will do. Will be have They'll like pick up some American yeah. from. That, that has had its full American awards run. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even Bloody Sunday was at Sundance that year previously, so it did not make its premiere in oh, Berlin. Oh, okay, interesting. I didn't right. know that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Tom Tickford's there. 
Yeah. So, are we? Is there anything else anybody would like to say? Yeah, I mean, watch Spirit Away uh, for sure if you haven't seen it. Uh, if you haven't seen Bloody Sunday, like you can just like read the Wikipedia. I think. <laughs> I I think it's worth a watch. I don't know. I mean, yeah. It's, if you're into Greengrass, if you love Captain Phillips, like it's like at least interesting to see the origins of that style. Yeah, um, Nesbit is like very, very good in it. Like right, and yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit undeniable. Like his performance. Yeah, I think it's definitely worth seeing. I'm one. I'm wondering about it if. Um if it had any kind of driving force behind like the kind of long push to investigate um right. that because it was within like the same decade where they did come to yeah. something yeah i mean it like yeah. as as, so Cole, as as colin mentioned it does end on like title cards of being like and all of the soldiers who did this were like given right. awards by uh, the queen. Officially, like, have yeah, still pardon. done nothing wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. I'm wondering so, how much the kind of like the thin blue line effect like plays into this. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. So in that sense, it's What's probably the movie worth I watched watching. Recently? Oh, Dark Waters. Uh, yeah. That has like the end cards where it's like he's still out here, and it's like right. everyone and has we're all poisoned. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? yeah. Teflon is killing you right now. Yeah. Right. Yes. Maybe it's, one of the disturbing, it's, it's, disturbing right. ones. Right it's now, crazy. it's yeah. in your blood right now. Yeah. <laughs> and he's right behind you. <laughs> That's the shock factor. Todd hands out. Todd hands out. See it, how he is saying, oh, "I did it 35 minutes ago." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, the jigsaw of like the indie film scene. <laughs> Yeah, it's mean, a pull quote. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You want to wrap us up, Emilio? I was just—I was just quickly gonna say, what if Todd Haynes directed *Spiral* from the Book of Saw? Look. And with that, <laughs> we are going to end. Uh, thank you for being on Campole. Is there anything you want to yes, plug? Thank, thank you so, so much. much for joining us. It's so fun. Um, actually, yeah, uh, I'm gonna plug one thing. I recently—I um, write a lot about animation, um, mm -hmm. which is in the spirit of this episode yes um and yeah i recently wrote a big roundup of uh things to look out for this year for letterboxd so if you just scroll through your letterbox yes. news tab you will see it in there um nice. that's about it <laughs> yeah thank you very much andy yeah uh my, my name is andy you can find me online at andy t germ on all social media platforms that you care to find me on uh since jesse is not here uh, I will also pause on my uh, Tony Awards performances recommendations and pick that up again when he is here to also bring in album recommendations. So no plugs for me this week. I almost rather you hadn't plugged. Yes, you just hadn't mentioned it. Hadn't yeah. yeah, hadn't lampshaded it. I'm sorry, Emilio. I gotta. Colin. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm Clatchley on everything. C L A T C H L E Y, and I'll return back to plugging movies. Uh, Robert Zemeckis says, "I want to hold your hand." Is a masterpiece, everybody. Watch that movie. It's great. Good, good stuff. I've heard good things. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Letterboxd at I Laugh Alone. You can follow me on Twitter at I'm Laugh Alone. Our podcast theme song is by Tree Related. You can follow him on SoundCloud.com slash Tree Related. You should listen to his stuff because he made a good theme song. Andy, do you know what our, the podcast socials are? Because I don't do this every week, so I do not know Sure, that. yeah. You can follow us on Twitter at Can I Kick It? And you can follow us on Letterboxd at C-I-K-I-Pod. 
um, where uh, occasionally we will remember to post that we did an episode and log a movie that's related to well, that episode. It's hard sometimes <laughs> when we cover like eight movies or just like it's true. current news. It's true. Yes. Um, uh, if you are, yeah. Um, and I think that's the main things. Well, I just realized that this is uh, this episode will come out as our last episode of September. So I'm going to mm-hmm. pre-warn everybody that October is officially oh, spooky month for Can I Kick It? <laughs> We're going to have episodes about horror movies ending, of course. What a novel idea. We with... thought of this idea. We're really blowing the world open with our spooky month idea. Exactly. And we're going to end with the spooky-tacular at the end of October. I thought it was I mean, whatever works. Sure, uh, whatever but that's works. Something to look forward to. Can I kick it Spooky Month with maybe just an episode about Kajillionaire in the middle? So <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah, yes. yeah. Um, For, uh, folks, don't let Cullen write things in the Google Docs where we schedule <laughs> things. <laughs> uh, also, give us five stars on uh, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't listen to Cullen who f- weeks ago told people to give us four stars as a bit, and we got four stars. <laughs> I mean, how many it's ratings did we bit. have before that, though? Like, two? We, yeah, have, no, we have three, and one of them is four stars. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess without Jesse here, Amelia, will you do the honors? Yeah, we'd like to release our audience. Bye. Bye. Bye.